Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Other Guys, the Celtic Down Under series all about talking to Celtic fans from all of the other places in the world. I'm your host, John, and today I'm joined by Vineet Varma from Chennai, India. How are you doing, Vineet? That's fine, sir, John, sir. I'm absolutely honoured that uh, Celtic Down Under and the Australian leg of Glasgow Celtic, the fans club, has invited me on this podcast. I'm absolutely honoured and it's, it would be, I hope it would be great to speak to you, sir. Well, it's an honor to have you. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully this will be a, a very insightful conversation. Um, just a little bit of news uh, past couple of days. Um, the legend Bertie Old has been diagnosed with dementia, um, which is horrible to hear. Um, so yeah, our thoughts are with him and his family. Um, it's a horrible disease, dementia. So hopefully that's um, not too bad for him. Um, yeah, so let's let's just crack in, I guess. Um, so, yeah, why don't you tell us, um, Vineet, a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, sir. So, actually, I am, my name is Vineet. So, I actually was from Mumbai, but because of work commitments, I have shifted to Chennai. So, as I can clearly say, as in respect to football, India and the subcontinent, it is huge. So, in terms of European football interest, it is huge. The people here are plain crazy about European football. But as you know, cricket is the main sport in India, right? And in the subcontinent. But... Football, European football, when I started following Celtic and European and world football from 2003, when they reached the UEFA Cup final. So, there, there was a huge interest, yeah. Like when the television came in, television came in, the Premier League started coming in. The UEFA Cup, the UFA, Euro 2000, when Zidane, France won the Trezeguet's goal, the golden goal, right? So, there was a huge buzz of interest, yeah. It like like a chain wave. The people have been hooked on to European football because of its sheer quality. And uh, there is a huge, it's a huge uh, passionate fan base in India. The, the Premier League, the Juventuses, the PSGs, the Bundesligas, the La Ligas, people are absolutely in love with European football. And of course, a few uh, Asian football as well. So, the place I am, where I am from is Mumbai. So, where I was, uh, when I was in Mumbai, the top club here was Mumbai FC. It, it used to play in the I-League, but now because of financial constraints, it got shut down. So, in India, the main football league is ISL, as you know, Indian Super League. And one of your players, Ian Hume, from Leeds United, he used to play in Leeds, right? So, he played for Kerala Blasters. So, there are a lot of uh, like Michael Chopra, ex-Sunderland, ex-Watford uh, and uh, Newcastle, right? So, Michael Chopra also played in the ISL. So, uh, India, I think, is a good destination for, uh, say, like uh, it, it, the, the league here, the Indian Super League or the I-League or even the lower levels, like elite or super division, the semi-professional levels. So, people or the players who are like in the 30s or something, they show a huge interest to come and play here from England or from any European country. So, if you say Marco Matrazzi, he, the Italian World Cup winner, he was the coach and manager of Chennai City uh, FC in the ISL. So, India is huge. So, in terms of, uh, of course, Celtic and Glasgow Rangers and Hearts, Kilmarnock or even Dundee United, the Scottish clubs, they, they don't have a market or that presence in India. But if you compare any other European nation, a big European nation, like even France, the PSG or uh, like say even Borussia Dortmund, the people here are absolutely in crazy with European football. So, but I am one of the very few members, like out of 50, I am the only guy who knows a little bit and uh, about Scottish football and I follow Scottish football. So, I hope like uh, uh, the Scottish players come, and one of your players here, Andy Robertson, uh, his father is Mason Robertson. So, he plays for Real Kashmir in the I-League. And uh, in the ISL or I-League, so he's also a Scottish uh, lad. So, I am also, I follow uh, Scottish football. So, I'm a Celtic fan. So, I'm following Scottish football and Celtic since 2003, sir. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good to hear that um, India is such a passionate sport country. Um, 
that there's this, like you're saying, there's so many different sports and leagues that, um, that you guys, uh, follow and, yeah, um, it's good to hear as well that there's some people who follow Scottish football that's not uh, yeah. in Scotland or Ireland. Yeah. Um, so how yeah. far is Chennai from Mumbai, for those of us that don't know? Is it, are yes, they quite sir. close? So I'll get to that. No, it's not close, sir. Actually, there's a 24-hour distance. If you like, in London, there's a subway, right? So if you mm-hmm. train, if you take a train, it is a one-day journey. So if you, it would take about 80, 19 or one hours by train or some... For three hours by plane. So Chennai, the main uh, clubs here are Chennai City FC, which uh, Chennai City, which plays in the I League, the Indian League, and the ISL, the Indian Super League. Uh, it is Ch- 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 Chennai uh, FC. So the people here in India, not in not only in Chennai, even in India. So the main uh, states which are crazy about football, they, they have a huge football uh, passion. That is uh, Tamil Nadu, uh, Kerala, Bengal, Kolkata, where Kolkata is, Bengal, Mumbai, and Kerala. So if you go to like even in the insides, in the interiors of Chennai or even in the interiors of Kerala, like places like Malapuram, Manjeri. So one of our players, CK Vineet, he's from Manjeri, Kerala, Malapuram. He plays for Kerala Blasters, the, the club where, which Ian Hume used to play for. And mm-hmm. I presume Ian Hume used to play for Leeds United, right? So it's India is a football loving nation. So uh, and uh, I'm absolutely sure like uh, it is it is pretty good that people from Europe are coming and playing in India in the Indian Super League, which which gives our players a lot of experience. And uh, the game, our players game also improves when we play with higher standard players from say Europe or even like countries like Bulgaria or Slovakia or Slovenia. So the passion is there, the talent is there, but the only thing is like we need a little bit of European help to build that system and a long-term plan which will help India move up the ladder. Not, not forget the world, even in Asia. So the talent and passion is there. So even if you come to Chennai or places like Mumbai or like absolutely crazy places like Kerala or Goa, say Goa, which was a Portuguese colony. So mm-hmm. so the people are absolutely in love with football. So uh, India is a football-loving nation. It's a cricket nation, but it's also a football-loving nation. Just sounds like a, a very passionate sport nation. Um, do you get? Are there many fans that watch Indian football compared to say the same fans that watch European football? Do you get big crowds of sixty thousand plus, or is it you know they're more focused towards watching European football? No, sir. So I'll give you a frank answer. They are more focused toward watching European football. So even even if you go to uh, even if you go to say a local football match in India, there is absolutely no crowd. The interest rate amongst the public that is more towards cricket. So India, the number one sport in India is cricket, right? So if it's a cricket match, the the ground will be full, the stadium will be full. The, you know the Indian Premier League, right? So uh, or even say India, the national team plays in a, any World Cup or any uh, cricket game. So it is only and only cricket. And the local football scene in India, the domestic football scene, suppose there's a match between, say, a Mumbai FC or a Chennai FC, right, in an I-League. So, the crowd, because of the Indian Super League, the ISL, so the the the, the marketability has been there. The marketability has been there. The sponsors like Reliance, etc., they've come in, they've put in the money. But we, uh, if you say European football, if there's a match between, say, Borussia Dortmund or Bayern or El Clasico between Real or uh, Barca, and uh, ask the people around here to choose between an El Clasico and a Mumbai versus Chennai game, they will always choose El Clasico. Because <laughs> European football is more marketable. The, it's more marketable. The quality is high. And uh, for obvious reasons, people will choose European football. Th- there is not to say that people are not interested. People are there. But the crowds, the crowd, the numbers of people who go to a live football game in India is very, very less. 
so european football after cricket comes european football so that's it so the marketability factor marketability factor is there in european football so that is another prime reason so uh, people like absolutely are love is are love in love with european football here so the attendances for local football games is not up to par in india but if you go to places like kolkata say kolkata or goa or kerala or even the interiors of tamil nadu where people are really in love with football so if there is a suppose a school game or a local domestic game like between mohan bagan or east bengal the the salt lake derby you must know about it right so the, the stadium would be jam packed it would mm. be absolutely full but if say another game like a real kashmir or a mumbai or a chennai or a mumbai which is not that high in profile sorry boss no uh, no one is absolutely interested in it you will see maximum 500 people in the stadium yeah right yeah that that is the Unfortunately, that's that like Australian opinion. football as well. To be honest, that's um, the the crowds of Australian football have been getting less and less um, over the past probably five six years to the point where it is maybe a thousand people in empty stadiums, um, which is a shame because the standard of football in Australia is quite good. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's great to hear. Um, so you you kind of touched on it before um, about uh, how you became a Celtic fan in two thousand and three during the. Europa League final. Um do you want to just elaborate why you chose Celtic? What was it about watching Celtic in that final that made you become a Celtic fan that day? So I'll explain. So obviously we reached the final, Celtic reached the final. So the, there was an there was an almighty fight back from Larsen and the team. So Larsen scored that amazing header, right? So we almost like fought back and almost like pushed photo the brink but they had a certain jose mourinho and they we were a man down go world they got the red card in extra time right so that photo had the numerical superiority plus an amazing fantastic world class coach so uh, celtic went down but i like the spirit the passion the fans singing you are you will never walk alone in the stadium so what struck me about celtic the best thing was like when i saw that that was the first absolute celtic game i saw on live on tv the ufa cup final it was in lisbon right right so mm-hmm. the passion of the the Scottish fans they are absolutely in love with football so what i analyze and see they love their football so even like in in, in the stadium people are holding up their the, the green and white scarves and they're like uh, roaring their team on like come on celtic yaar go for it yaar fight for it come on but they lost that's a different matter but the the, the scottish fans or even like, like any other european country say the fans are absolutely in love with football so the passion of the fans and that fighting spirit of celtic like even if you say 1967 when bertie old and jimmy johnson and that great amazing team they broke that uh, catenaccio of inter milan and won the final the lisbon lions right so that community feeling that that spirit that fighting spirit never give up die that spirit and that passion amongst us that's uh, amongst the scottish fans that is what makes celtic special so i really like that club i really like the club seriously i even follow it today so uh, that was the one best thing which caught my eye so the passion the fighting spirit the true scottish grit right like say like alex ferguson like he uh, helped aberdeen break the duopoly of scottish and rangers like and the the pitodi won the uh, ch- 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 champions the other cup european uh, yeah, the uh, cup winners cup. cup yeah and they also broke the duopoly so what my honest uh, uh, opinion is the scottish people the scottish fans are absolutely passionate about football and that is the best thing about them so even if the team is losing they're down and out like even when celtic was losing against porto or like even now they uh, rangers broke the the streak of 10 in a row right they didn't allow them to win 10 in a row so the fans are not plastic they back their clubs even when the chips are down their backs uh, their backs are against the wall the fans are so passionate about their club they support the club to the hilt and that passion the energy that fighting spirit never day, never say die spirit 
which is that scottish trait right like say sir alex ferguson had that trait that abidin spirit of not giving up like true like an abidin granite just be tough and keep on fighting so that is the best thing about scottish football and celtic i feel very very true um i was a little bit too young um to go and watch um that final in seville but my father and his uncle and my uncle and um, all of their friends they went and they just said it was one of the biggest parties they had despite losing they just had yeah. it was just a party from non-stop because like you're saying they were just they were happy to be there and they were happy to support celtic and that's what it's all about um do you follow any other uh, football teams apart from celtic do you have other european teams that you quite like yeah i i am a liverpool fan so i also like liverpool since when they won the istanbul final when steven gerrard and uh, the team won that miraculously they won, won that final so i i have also been following liverpool since 2005 so coincidentally both set of fans celtic and liverpool have the same anthem you will never walk alone <laughs> and they have that same passion and energy in the stadiums right so like even when the chips are down both fans yaar even celtic and liverpool they back their team to the hilt they are not plastic like say now in th- in this generation they have the manchester cities the psgs so the fans are pretty plastic once they are losing like say a chelsea like they are losing they fire the manager or the fans turn the back on the team like uh, we, we we don't want to support this team it's not like that the celtic liverpool or even like say our big enemy rangers or even say some other scottish team like kilmarnock or dundee united or dunfermline so they the fans they have the history the tradition and the legacy so the fans are loyal they like support the team to the maximum and they the energy in the stadium is fantastic so my brother stays in the united kingdom he used to live in exeter you know exeter right uk mm-hmm. so he he's a huge birmingham city fan so he has shared me his experiences of how when birmingham play aston villa in the derby so how the crowd is jam packed like it is even the it's a carnival atmosphere it is even better than india pakistan cricket game that is what they're saying so uh, that's it uh, like so even went and watched celtic versus rangers at uh, uh, at ibrox so he shared me his experiences so uh, that's it like so th- that is the best part the passion the energy so that's it, it. is and they're very similar i mean um a lot of Irish immigrants moved to Liverpool during the Irish diaspora as well. So um, that's why, you know, it's all those roots is that big passionate fan base. Um, do you get to watch many Celtic games at all whilst you're in um, Chennai or Mumbai? Um, okay. So actually, uh, as per the technicality, the, the Scottish Premier League games used to be telecasted here before, but now I don't think they telecast any uh, Scottish Premier League games. So that odd game like Celtic versus Rangers, a big game is there. That gets uh, telecast sometimes on TV, like say a 10 sports or some Sky sports or something. You can even watch it online, like through live streaming. But that interest is not there. So mm. As what the, as the people have that craze for, uh, say, the Bund- even the Bundesliga or the Premier League, that craze is not here. So Scottish football, I'll be frank with you, Scottish football is doesn't have a market in India as of yet. So I am the odd guy out. So I am the only odd guy who's following Scottish football. So if you ask any other kid on the street or the guys who are following European football, so what happened like say between Celtic versus Dunfermline or Celtic versus Dundee United, they have no clue because they know, they know the people here know that uh, Scottish football is that the teams, they know the names of the teams and even like Scott Brown plays for Celtic, right, etc, etc, etc. But that passion and that interest which is there in the major European leagues, that is just not there in the subcontinent, I feel. So Scotland, I think if they can set up a good base and establish a market in India, I guess. So that's it. Did, would, would you say that if you were to walk down the streets and you were wearing a Celtic top, people would recognize what that shirt is? Would they recognize the green and white stripes? Yes, sir. So if out of 10, 
three football fans would recognize a Celtic or a Rangers top if they are really genuine hardcore football fans like me. So I religiously follow football, right? So out of ten. Two or three people would recognize a Celtic top, but the rest, sorry, it's only cricket, cricket, cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's fair enough. Yeah, that is the biggest sport. I mean, it's probably the biggest sport in Australia as well. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a favorite Celtic player? My favorite Celtic player, actually, I have two. It's Henrik Larsson and Shunshuke Nakamura. Nakamura, obviously, that amazing free kick against Manchester United, United, which helped Celtic win. So that was like. Absolutely superb. So I guess Larson and Nakamura. I have two players. So Larson and Nakamura were absolute legends for Celtic. So I read in an interview like how Nakamura used to uh, practice his free kicks, like even after training. So he used to practice religiously, practice his free kicks from like the crossbar challenge, etc., etc., etc. So these two are my uh, favorite Celtic players. Larson for his never say die spirit. So even when Larson played played for Manchester United, he went on lo- loan, right? When like Alex Ferguson signed him up for Manchester United. So there there was one particular game against I guess Arsenal or something. So even the United players were like blown away by his energy, the work rate, like how from uh, the center forward till he falls back to the defense and even chips in with the defending doesn't only play as a forward so henrik larsen was an absolute celtic legend i like that player he's my favorite player even nakamura i like nakamura thanks to his free kick so that amazing win against united that free kick was like man it was simply superb so these are my two favorite celtic players yeah i uh, um, again two absolute greats yeah um i think speaking to other people as well i think a lot of people say larsen because he was one of the greatest modern Celtic yeah. players. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Nakamura as well, just the free kick technicality was just, oh, it was unbelievable. It was a joy to watch. And hopefully with Postacoglu coming in, play, having managed in the J-League, he can find another Nakamura, but maybe he's one, yeah. in, a, one in a million. Um, I My yeah. favourite was Boba Baudi. Boba Baudi yeah, and Larson. Uh, there were just two fantastic players. Um, apart from, because I think you maybe have already spoken about it, um, apart from the uh, 2003... UEFA Cup final. Um, do you have any other favorite Celtic moments? Yeah, I'll tell. So you know when we beat Barcelona two one, Fraser Foster pulled off those amazing super superhuman saves. That was another amazing moment. Like when I saw the game, I saw the game right in India. It comes at twelve o'clock in the night, midnight, right? The UEFA Champions League games. So Foster was seriously amazing. He like was like the number of saves he made against Messi in that game and that unstoppable Barcelona team that was simply superb so the cheered on by a like that frantic home support and the energy in the stadium Celtic pulled off an absolute amazing 2-1 win of course yes Messi scored late in the game but that was too late I guess so Celtic that was another amazing moment when Celtic beat Barcelona 2-1 thanks to Foster's amazing heroic display under the bar and uh, that was an absolute amazing game. It was an unforgettable game. So I still cannot forget it. That was another big moment for me. It really was. It really was. It was, a, a, again, that's um, a lot of other people's favourites as well. And um, yep, you're right. For, uh, Foster's just in, in the goal, absolutely um, dominating. And we took our chances, right? With uh, with Watt and Wanyama's goals. It was just, yeah. we had the right opportunity and we took them. And, and yeah, it was, it's, like I was saying before, it was, uh, that game's going to go into folklore. It's just such a fantastic, um, fantastic win for us. Um, so yeah, look. Uh, obviously, last season wasn't um, the best for Celtic, and it was such a, a drop in performance from what we expected and what we were watching. Probably twelve months, ten months before, to really capitulate that much um, to the point where uh, we threw away the ten. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are going to be for next season. How do you think next season is going to go? 
what do you think of our new manager Postacoglu yes sir actually i feel postacoglu postacoglu the greek manager is is not bad is good but uh, my personal opinion would be like i from whatever analyzed in these last 10 years celtic is like a big fish in a small pond like because like we are winning the, the scottish derby we are beating rangers like even the 10 in a row forget it we didn't win 10 in a row but they they are dominating scotland but in europe like countries like even holland or uh, like say another country uh, like holland or scotland so the clubs from these countries they are miles behind the big european teams i guess because like earlier celtic used to qualify for the main proper european round so this that is not even happening even like a club, the romanian champion cfr cluj they beat celtic sorry we've just lost vinit there for a second we'll just try and get can him back there we are we can hear you now yeah so see we lost to cfr's clutch right in the qualifying of the champions league so uh, 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 so my honest opinion is like uh, celtic is like a, a big uh, big fish in a small pound so when we go to europe so the quality of football is different the teams have zoomed ahead so like it's like i say the major european teams are like 10 15 years ahead of scotland and holland i guess now so uh, uh, so uh, so if the team is not even able to qualify for the first round of the champions league proper right so i think uh, a long term plan like a 10 year 15 year plan should be put with first qualification in a target and then establishing our position there and then winning the europa league and then the champions league so for that to happen up and a long term plan with a little bit of investment and a total revamp of the structure the business model of, of course we cannot hang on to 2003 or 1967 anymore because the world and the football world has changed everything has evolved and adapted the teams have moved on so in 2003 there was no gegen pressing right so now there is gegen pressing right so everything has changed so i my personal opinion as a fan would be to uh, put a long term plan say a 10 year plan so which would see allow celtic to regularly qualify for the first four years for european major european competitions then uh, 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 go far ahead in the competition and even win it after 10 years so if you say germany or even like italy and netherlands now so italy and netherlands didn't qualify for the world cup and the euros so it was an absolute disaster they lost to sweden in the qualifiers so now after putting that 10 10 year plan and and doing a total revamp and and and, and a total rehaul of the model so you see italy like are the favorites and netherlands and italy are even belgium they are the favorites to win the tour so even germany in euro 2000 when they crashed out in the first round losing to england and roman and like getting a draw against romania or even in the euro 2004 when they couldn't even beat latvia they pulled they could only manage a 0-0 draw against latvia they put a 10 year plan revamped everything the, the entire model and put a put investment and in 2014 they won the world cup so that is the need of the hour so i personally feel celtic has not evolved evolved and adapted so the model i think is has not adapted so it's just the plain old model and it is it is sheer foolishness to expect expect celtic or any team to get results and win european trophies with that old model so adaptive evolution that is the need of the hour we need to put a 10 or 15 year plan uh, do a total revamp right from top to bottom bring in fresh players and uh, revamp everything like if possible right from academy to the top and put a long term plan and plan for the future and hopefully by uh, 2029 or 30 or in 10 years time we can make it uh, big in europe win the first the europa league and then the champions league absolutely i mean that'd be fantastic if we could even get there in in 10 years uh, yeah the financial gulf between uh well celtic but scottish football in general and other european leagues is is huge um but hopefully um the this season we'll, we'll see a transition period where we are getting this modern revamp which potentially brendan rodgers started but um that's kind of got knocked back recently um 
with the appointment of a director of football, with the um, evolution with uh, of, of uh, data analytics and sports analytics and stuff like that, where we can actually use that to interpret how players are doing, whether they're informal or out of form and stuff. Um, do you think the new manager um, and Postacoglu is that person? Do you think he can bring in this new era at Celtic where we can put a 10-year plan in place? Or do you think he is the beginning of that process? As in, like, he himself might not be able to do it, but he might be the start of something bigger. Yeah, so, sir, actually, from what I analyze, like, I think Postacoglu is just the first brick or the stepping stone. So, I don't know. I cannot say because after Postacoglu, will a new manager come or not? But I think the signs are positive. Of course, Steven Gerrard and Rangers uh, took away the 10 in a row from us. So, the I think the signs are encouraging because after losing to, like, CFR clutch, we beat clutch again, I guess, right? In the Europa League, uh, this thing, right? Qualifiers, na. So, the signs are encouraging. So, I think Post- Postacoglu is a step in the right direction. So, uh, it is the first brick and the first stepping stone to a more glo- uh, better future, I think. So, there is nothing wrong with Postagoglu. I think the Greek manager is a good manager. So, but uh, after, say, like a good two, three years, I think the club needs to find some uh, really someone like how uh, Mainz bought in Jagan Klopp. So, Mainz went from the third tier to the second, uh, first Bundesliga, right? Or uh, how Klopp helped... Uh, Dortmund break the monopoly of Bayern in the Bundesliga or some the need of the hour is a plan a long-term plan with a, jar, a Jargon Klopp or a Josie Monario or some revolutionary coach who can help uh, Celtic break, break this uh, negative cycle and finally uh, 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 strike the big deal in Europe and I think that I think that was what a lot of Celtic fans were complaining about when we did sign uh, Ange was we went from Brendan Rodgers, who was probably the exact type of manager you're describing, um, that sort of modern, revolutionary type of appointment. And we took a massive step down when we went back to Neil Lennon. And obviously it was a disappointment when what we really wanted is to learn from our mistakes by, by appointing Lennon and, and appointing somebody like Rodgers again. Yeah. And we might have that. We might have that in Postacoglu, but... Um, what we what we really want is maybe to find the next Mourinho or the next Klopp, like you're saying, and and maybe that's hard to to get um, when every other team in Europe is also trying to find that um, you know yeah. X factor. But you're right, we should we should be putting ourselves out there and we should be trying to find these uh, these managers. Um, I'm sure you're aware that next season is huge um, because next season whoever wins the Scottish League. Um, automatically qualifies for the Champions League. Do you think that's possible um, with the squad that we have at the moment, um, assuming we don't sign anyone in the transfer window, uh, when we compare it to Rangers, Steven Gerrard's Rangers, on the best day, yeah. the, best, the best of Celtic, so not when they're playing poorly, but when they're playing at their best, do you think that that um, Celtic can beat Steven Gerrard's Rangers next season? Yeah, sir. So, hello. Yes, I'm still there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Just hold on one second. Yeah, can you see, hear me, sir? Yep, go ahead. So, uh, from what I feel, uh, uh, Rangers, so they broke our 10 in a row. So, uh, the Rangers are a bit, little bit ahead of Celtic, I guess. So, uh, of course, Gerard was a good player. But uh, as far as management is concerned, I don't think Gerard is a flop or even uh, someone like, say, uh, a Jurgen Klinsmann or someone who can work a real miracle, right? 
because for management is a different ball game from playing so uh, i think uh, if celtic can win they can win the league and they can even qualify for the champions league proper but once we get to the champions league proper you know the big the big teams are there so my honest opinion is i personally don't feel with this squad celtic can go beyond the second round or even reach to the quarter finals because the competition is huge the other teams have evolved and adapted evolved and adapted and the quality of player is there they they have the big treasury and the watches to buy the best players right so uh, celtic and rangers like uh, i personally don't feel they can go beyond the first round even if they go to the champions league proper because uh, i think it would take a good number of years eight or nine more years for them to make a mark in europe because now it is very unrealistic from our end to expect them to go to the champions league final now that is very unrealistic right so uh, we need to be a bit practical right totally agree totally agree i think um yeah and and, and especially with uh, the likes of the european super leagues getting talked about and stuff if if those ever happens it's it's the death of all the other domestic leagues and celtic would really suffer from that as well um but yeah i agree i think expectations yeah. are uh low for any sort of champions league success um but european success in the form of the the new conference league or europa league that should be attainable i reckon in 5 to 8 years but yes europa conference league Yes, yeah, the new conference league. I think we, I think we should really be thinking about in the next couple of years yeah. trying to win that. That should, be, I, I, I do believe yeah. that. I'm not saying anytime soon. It could be again a, a five to eight year plan, but we should be able to win that. Um, yeah. That was that was brilliant. I think we'll we'll just wrap it up there. Um, thank you very much for your answers. Do you have any shout outs to anybody, or do you want to say any messages at all to the listeners? Well, I. My shout out would be that uh, I am also part of the sports journalist, which is a sports media portal in Mumbai. So we would love to come and interview the Celtic fan groups, like say in Australia or any other countries, like even in Glasgow. So me and Mr. Rizvi, as part of the sports journalist, would love to come and speak to you people and co- cover uh, Celtic and uh, also try to find the Indian connection, like the past, like say how Mohammad Salim used to play for Celtic. Like we had that Indian connection, right? So we would love to do a big feature interview or a documentary of sorts on Celtic, Celtic fan groups down under or any uh, uh, other fan group related to Celtic. So uh, uh, here's hoping that uh, uh, it happens soon and. Uh, uh, we from india can come to like down to scotland or you guys from scotland can come down to india and uh, meeting or a documentary or a, a, a interview or a, even a small movie of shorts can be shot which can help uh, bring awareness of scottish football in india and help more people know about scottish football and increase the marketability so i am a celtic fan for life uh, life now i uh, really like the club so it was a great absolute honor that uh, celtic fans down under and mr john has asked me for this interview and given their valuable time to me i am really honored so i hope that i get this opportunity to come down to scotland or you guys come here and we can like uh, do uh, for the sports journalist we can do a movie or a documentary or an interview of sorts well yeah the honor is all ours again um well thank you very much um uh, for that uh, and if you are interested in, in participating in in um, being interviewed for Venice media um, agency then get in touch um just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening for your support um please subscribe to uh, our our channel on spotify or any of your streaming services um thank you very much for listening hell hell Podcast Network.